return is very close And so you better be believing that our God is an awesome God Our God is an awesome God Welcome to a service at Holy Life Tabernacle in Brookings, South Dakota. We are proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Now let's go into the sanctuary and here's today's message. Society of Phi Kappa Phi Honorary Society, right? For students of high degree and merit. And God bless you for that, Isaac. Great to see people getting recognized, you know. And Isaac, even in, even in Ghana, wrote many papers, medical papers and so forth that were published. I mean, lots, right? Uh, uh, you know, God bless you for that. And so then he came to SDSU just to kind of add a cherry on the top for another degree. But it's just a blessing to have Isaac and Hilda with us here at the Tabernacle. So Isaac, why don't you come on up? Let's welcome him as he comes to minister here tonight. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. We thank God for tonight. Um, yes. Shall we bow down our heads for a word of prayer? We are grateful and most high God tonight for the gift of life and strength. We yes. give you glory that tonight we are nowhere else than your presence. We pray in the name of Jesus that may you breathe into us, O God, strength. Yes. Revive us through your word, O Lord. Let us be transformed. Let us be yes. equipped, O God. Let our lives not be the same again. And we'll not forget to give you the glory, the praise, and the honor. It is our prayer, O oh God, that you use me as a vessel to bless your people tonight. You. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, Pastor Dave, God richly bless you. I'm very humbled. And all glory and honor goes to the Most High God. He keeps us going through and through. He's indeed our strength. Without Him, we can do nothing. So we give glory and honor to Him. And God bless you, Pastor Dave. And Pastor Jeannie, Pastor Randin, for this wonderful privilege and opportunity to minister the Word of God. God bless you. So, tonight we'll be talking about the cross, a symbol of victory. Okay, so the topic is the cross, a symbol of victory. So, we are in the Holy Week, and it's actually a good week, you know. It is, it is, it is, it is it's a great week. The reason for we being here, the reason for we being called the children of God is because of, you know, 2,021 years ago, the great sacrifice that Christ, you know, gave that you and I who were far off are now called children of God. So in in, in weeks like this, you know, we we don't play with it. It's it's, it's a week of blessing. It's a week of God's goodness and God's favor. So the message is titled, The Cross, A Symbol of Victory. So we read 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18. So the Bible says that, For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Hallelujah. Amen. I believe that there are so many people in so many places in the world who don't really understand why we are so fascinated about this week. Because it sounds foolishness to them. But to us, it's indeed the power of God. Amen. You know, every religion or every, every ideology have visual symbols. Okay? And these symbols literally try to illustrate something about the history or the beliefs of that, that religion. And when you look at Buddhism, they have the symbol of the lotus flower, 
which they believe is signifies perfection, you know, and purity. They are inspired about the fact that the lotus flower, you know, grows from the ground so far away from the sun. But all of a sudden, it bats out and begins to face the, shine, the sun and begins to shine and blossom. Okay? And then when you look at um, Judaism, they also have a symbol. Their symbol is called the Star of David. And it is like two equilateral triangles put together. And to them, they take inspiration from it. It's even the symbol in the flag of Israel. So, yeah, that is, that is the Star of David, you know. And they take inspiration from the life of David. Initially, I was trying to read about history. Initially, it was called the Shield of David. And they believed that David went through a lot, you know, from the time he was told and anointed that he would become a king. He, it took so long. He had to run away into the wilderness. He faced so many crises. He, his life was in danger. But through it all, you know, God was a shield for him. Amen. And at the right time, God actually brought him out and made him a king. So their inspiration is taken from Psalm 18, where David was saying that God indeed is a shield for him. So, so many symbols. Islam also talks about the, the, you know, the semicircular moon with a star in the middle. Okay, so all these things are symbols that are used by religions and ideologies to illustrate something about them. But for us as Christians, the cardinal symbol for us is the cross. Hallelujah. You know, the, the cross is really symbolic and it actually stands for the, the redemptive work of Christ, you know, to save mankind from our depravity. So it is, it is no wonder you see so many churches and so many denominations having the cross you know, as their logo. I was trying to look at the cross for, uh, the logo for Holy Life Tabernacle, and I saw a cross, you know, with a, a dove descending and then fire. <laughs> Hallelujah. And, and the Catholics also, you know, believe in the crucifix. Yeah. You look at the, the Baptists, they have a Bible and then the cross. Yeah. So the, the, the cross is, is very symbolic for we believers. Uh-huh. And when you read the book of Titus chapter 2 verse 14, it tells us something about the cross, you know, and the work of Christ on the cross. It said that who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people, zealous for good works. So it makes us understand that originally God had a great plan for man. And the plan that God had for man is that man will do extraordinary works. Man will do great works. You know, God will manifest his power and his authority in man in so many facets of life. But because of sin, which was brought about by the enemy, you know, man was living below this potential. And, and man needed to be redeemed so that man can begin to walk in that great potential God had given to man. So you see, the cross, or Jesus coming to die on the cross, was to redeem us, you know, and then make us special for himself so that we can live that life of greatness, that life of good works, so that we can bring glory and honor to his name. No wonder when you look at the creation story, you realize that when God created man, in the book of Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, the Bible says that let us create man in our own image and likeness. He said, let us give man dominion over you know, the fishes of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the beasts of the field. So you realize that the original intent of God for man is good works. So he gave us dominion. It is so wonderful that God can give man authority and power such that when God creates even a creature in this world, 
He presents it to man for man to name it. And Bible said that the name that man gives to it is approved and accepted by God. That tells you the dominion and authority and the power that God gave us as, as children of God. And, and, and in the book of Romans chapter 8 verse 19, Bible says that, you know, creation, you know, when you read that scripture, it said that like an outstretched neck, you know, awaiting the manifestation of the sons of God. It means that there is so much deposited in us as children of God. We, we, are, we, are, we, are, we are like atomic bombs full of good works. You know, we are, we, are, we are made for signs and wonders. And the only way we could do that was to be redeemed. Yeah. And the Bible said that because of sin, we live beyond our, below, below our potential. Yeah. But Christ came to die on the cross for us. And from that time, you and I were redeemed. Yeah. And now we have been set apart and sanctified to do good works. That makes this week a good week. Amen. So, we have been kept in bondage, you know, by sin. As a result of the works of the enemy. Yeah. And, 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 and that is why a lot of people still don't believe that the cross is even useful. Or Jesus Christ's death on the cross is, is, is something to boast about. Yeah. I was trying to look at the, the, the history behind the cross. Mm. And, and from what I read, I realized that the cross or crucifixion was actually invented by the barbarians. And when we say barbarians, they are cruel people or civilized people. Yep. But biblically, the Romans and the Greeks call every foreigner a barbarian. Mm. Just because they, they believe they, they belong to the high class. Yep. And any other foreigner, you know, they didn't have that civilization as they had. Yep. And they didn't understand the language of the Romans and the Greeks. So they considered every other foreign group as barbarians. Now, you know, they developed crucifixion as the most cruelest form of torture. You know, and it was actually meant for, for offenders, for criminals, for people who flouted rules, you know, people who were serious criminals. Yeah. And it, it, it was so painful that before the victim even died, the victim, you know, would have gone through so much agony because you are nailed. And, and for several days, people could be on the cross and they would die a slow death. There was no death as cruel as to be crucified. And the Romans adopted it. But when the Romans adopted it, they adopted it for slaves. So they believed that as Romans, no Roman should die by being crucified. And when you read the book of Matthew chapter 27, verse 21 to 23, Bible makes us understand something about Pilate. You know, they said that the governor answered and said to them, which of the two... Do you want me to release to you? They said, Barabbas. Pilate said to them, What then shall I do with Jesus, who is called Christ? They all said to him, Let him be crucified. Then Pilate was astonished because he believed that crucifixion was not meant for, you know, holy men. Crucifixion was not meant for people who, you know, obeyed the law. It was actually reserved for criminals, for people who committed murder. And when you look at the story of Barabbas, Barabbas was part of the insurrectors who actually were rallying against the Roman government. And as a result of their activities, they killed some people. So they were arrested. So when he presented Barabbas and Jesus to the people, Bible said that the people chose Jesus to be crucified. And he, not even being a Christian, knew that crucifixion is actually for the wicked. So he said that, then the governor said, why, why, what evil has he done? Even he knew that Jesus Christ had no sin in him. But they cried out, 
all the more saying, let him be crucified. So you realize that crucifixion was actually not a loved thing in the past. It was actually meant for criminals. So in the Jewish culture, they hated crucifixion. Because according to their patriarchs and according to the law that God gave to them in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 21 verse 22, Bible says that any man who is hanged on the tree is cursed. So, so for you to be crucified means that you are the worst of all men. And, and that is why I believe, you know, the scripture we read earlier on that the message of the cross is foolishness, you know, to those who are perishing. But to we Christians, we the children of God, it is the power of God. Because they don't understand why we claim that our Messiah, our Savior, is Jesus Christ. Yet, he was crucified. What kind of Savior is this? A Savior who died such kind of humiliating death. This person cannot be a Savior. And that is what the world, you know, is, is talking about. There are so many people who don't believe it. The Jews don't believe that Jesus Christ is the Messiah. Because the Messiah cannot die by crucifixion. You know, that means that he is tagged as a criminal. So they believe that the God we serve, the one we believe, is actually, yeah. But thanks be to God, it is actually the power of God. Hallelujah. So, little did they know that, you know, the cross or crucifixion was actually a predetermined plan of God for our redemption. It was not an accident. When you read the book of Revelation chapter 13 verse 8, Bible says something very remarkable. He says that all who dwell on earth will worship him whose names have not been written in the book of the life in the book of life of the lamb slain from the foundations of the of the world. So that Jesus Christ dying on the cross was not an accident. But actually it was predetermined by God even before the foundations of this world. Yeah. Hallelujah. It means that God foreordained Jesus Christ to die on the cross as a perfect solution to this sinful world. You know, through sin, man, man died. There was death. We were spiritually alienated from God. And Bible says that for the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. So, because of sin, we die spiritually. And because of that, physically, we are open to the attacks of the enemy. And that is why we have sicknesses flooding lives. That is why we see every negative thing happening to somebody who is not under Christ. Because the wages of sin is death. And death came with so many other things. And when I look at the story of Job, I, I really understand why it is good to stay under the feet of God. When you read the, the, the kind of testimony God gave about Job, you know, he was saying that he eschewed evil. You know, he, he was somebody God actually loved. And God, you know, gave him good accolades before Satan. And then Satan said that it is because you, are, you, know, you have your covering over him. So it means that when you are in Christ, you have a covering. When you are in Christ, you are saved from sin and also the effect of sin, which is sickness, which is pain, which is distraction. And that is what the enemy brings. So, so, so indeed, the cross is, is, is something very, very valuable. Now, it was not an accident, like I said. It was a predetermined plan of God. And when you even look at the life of Jesus Christ, the Bible says that even whilst he was on earth with his disciples, he spoke about his death. So it, it means that it was predetermined. In the book of Mark chapter 8, verse 31 to 33, you know, Bible says that Jesus spoke about his suffering. You know, he spoke about how he would be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, the scribes, and be killed. And then after three days, he will rise again. 
So even when he was alive and he was on earth and he was in his ministry, he spoke about the cross. He spoke about the fact that he was going to be crucified. He spoke about the fact that his crucifixion will bring about redemption. So this tells those who believe that it is foolishness, that it is actually not foolishness. It is actually the power of God. Because God predetermined it before the foundations of the earth. So it is actually a symbol of victory. They believe that it is a message of foolishness. And even if it exists, it means that it is a defeated story for your Savior, you know, to be hanged on the cross. But to us, it's the power of God and a symbol of victory. In the book of Colossians, chapter 2, verse 13 to 15, we see what the cross actually did for we as children of God. He said that, and you being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he has made alive, he has made alive together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses, having wiped out, having wiped out the handwriting of requirements. In other versions, it says that written codes that was against you, which was contrary to us. And he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross, having disarmed principalities and powers. He made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. So Bible says that he nailed it on the cross. So, so because of sin, like I said, the law came. And the law was very harsh. You know, when you read scriptures, you read the Old Testament, you realize that they really didn't have it easy. Because of their sins, Bible said that God gave them laws. And these laws were so harsh. And God wanted them to follow the law to the latter. You know. But when Jesus died on the cross, the Bible said that he nailed all those requirements of the law on the cross. In the book of Galatians chapter 3 verse 10, the Bible says that curse is everyone who does not uphold the law to the latter. So for as many, for as, many as are of the works of the law are under curse. For it is written, curse is everyone who does not continue in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. So we were very pathetic without Christ. We were very pathetic without the cross. We ought to fulfill, we had to fulfill all the requirements of the law. You know, it was like, if you don't do this, I will kill you. If you don't do this, you suffer for this. And, and because they were humans, they were always faulting. They were always, you know, offending God. They were always going against the law. And Bible says that curse is everyone who does not continue in all things which are written in the book of the law to them. So it means that literally everybody was cursed. But for the cross, everybody was cursed. So God actually demanded a perfect and absolute obedience to the law. And, and, and I think James also adds something. James chapter 2 verse 10. He said that for whoever shall keep the whole law and yet stumble in one point, he is guilty of all. Hallelujah. So, so, so you realize that you, you cannot use your strength to do anything. Because the law will always go against you. As much as you try not to be angry. As much as you try not to offend your brother. As much as you try to, to, to live a holy life. You realize that you try and then you falter at one point. And then before the cross, even if you falter in one, Bible says that you are cursed. If you falter in one, you are guilty of all. So tonight, I just want us to picture where we were. I just want us to see where we were and what God has done for us through the cross. It is is just wonderful. 
And we just thank God for what he has done for us. So the requirement of the law was very tough. And nobody could fulfill it. The bottom line is that we were all cursed and we were all guilty. And, and no wonder when you read scriptures, the Bible says that the Israelites could offend God to the point that God could even open the earth and then the earth would swallow them. They could offend God to the point that God can even cause snakes to bite them. You know, so this was the law. You do this, I do that. You do this, I do that. You don't do this, I do this to you. And that was what the faith we suffered. Maybe you and I were not born then, but then because we are all sons of Adam, we fell into this trap. But thanks be to God that when Jesus died on the cross, the Bible said that he nailed all these things on the cross. He nailed the code of obedience on the cross. Bible says in Philippians chapter 2, verse 8, that he became obedient to death, even death on the cross. Yeah. Said that, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. So the handwriting of obedience, which we could not fulfill, the, the code of obedience, which we could not follow, because we are humans and we fought it. Bible says that Christ became obedience for us. So on the cross, Bible said that he became obedient even to the point of death. And by so doing, he nailed that code, that handwriting of obedience. Hallelujah. He did not die because he was disobedient, but rather because he was obedient. And Bible said that by so doing, many of us who were made sin by the disobedience of the first Adam have now become righteous through the obedience of the second Adam. Hallelujah. And that is what the cross has done for us. Because the Bible makes us to understand in the book of Romans chapter 5 verse 18. It said that through one man, all men was, well, men were condemned. And yet through another man, we have all been justified. So he was obedient. You know, he was able to fulfill the requirements of obedience. Which the law, the law required from you and I. And then because of that, he nailed that code, that handwriting onto the cross. So indeed, the cross is victory unto you and I. Hallelujah. The cross is victory. So now God does not require obedience first. He just requires you to believe. Hallelujah. And then once you believe, the life of obedience is made possible for us. Let's look at something in in, in Romans chapter 1 verse 5. He said that through him we receive grace and apostleship to call call all the Gentiles to, to obedience. That comes from faith for his name's sake. So, so, so you might be disobedient today, but because Jesus, through his obedience on the cross, if you believe, if you have faith in him, he accepts you. Yeah. And now through the workings of his spirit, he makes you obedient. Yeah. It is no longer a requirement to come to God because he has nailed it on the cross. Yeah. Just believe. Bible said that for as many as believed in him, he gave them the, son, the power to become the sons of God. Yeah. Hallelujah. Amen. So just believe, just believe. So tonight, maybe you may be watching me from Facebook. You, you may think you are the worst sinner of all. You, you, may, you may think your sin can never be forgiven. You yourself, you can't even forgive yourself because you are disobedient to the latter. Tonight, I want to tell you that Jesus Christ wants you to just believe. Amen. Because that code, that law of obedience, he has nailed it on the cross. Just believe and by the working of his spirit, he shall make you obedient unto him. So he said that he did not come for, 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 for the righteous. He came for sinners. Hallelujah. So by the grace of God, you and I can now appear before the throne of God 
and then ask for forgiveness and seek the face of God. And one, one, one victory that the cross actually won for you and I is breaking the code of priesthood. Breaking the handwritings of priesthood. In the book of Hebrews chapter 9 verse 6 to, verse 6 to 9, Bible says something. He said that now when these things had been thus prepared, the priest always went into the first part of the tabernacle, performing the service, the services. But into the second part, the high priest went alone once a year, not without blood, which he offered for himself and for the people's sins committed in, the, in ignorance. The Holy Spirit indicating this, that, that the way into the holiest of all was not yet made manifest, while the first tabernacle was still standing. It was symbolic for the present time, in which both gifts and sacrifices are offered, which cannot make him who performed the service perfect in regard to his conscience. So this is talking about what used to exist in the time of the law. You know, Bible says that once a year, the high priest offers sacrifices of forgiveness for the people. And what happens is that when they went to the tabernacle, you, the individual, cannot enter the tabernacle. It was the priest, yet the, the, the high priest. And Bible says that they will offer their, you know, sacrifices of goats and, and sheep without blemish. And then it is up to the high priest to go to the holiest of holiest and then plead forgiveness for the people. It means that no matter how good your gift was, no matter how good the sheep you presented was, no matter how many good works you did, you were far away from God. You did not have access to the presence of God. So you worship God from afar. You know, by the law, limitation was placed on her relationship with God. So it was the, the high priest who was supposed to be a mediator, you know, for the individuals. And, and I remember some time ago, we had one apostle who was telling us about the, the history of, of the high priest. You know, the, it got to a point in time that even when people were going to present their sacrifices, the high priest demanded that they don't bring their sheep from their home. Because they were also trying to do business, you know, at the temple. Yeah. You know, they were trying to sell their own sheep. The, the high priests were selling sheep to the people. Yeah. Because they were saying that their sheep were, were much holier than the sheep the person who, you know, came from the home was bringing. So look at this deception. And, and I am just wondering, in, in this 21st century now, uh, we having Pastor Dave as our high priest, and every, every year you and I will bring, you know, sheep, you know, for him to offer sacrifices of forgiveness for us. I'll be wondering the kind of noises that will be going on in the, in the in tabernacle. Right. The noise of sheep all over the place. And, 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 and high priests who are bullies, you yeah. know, who wants to do business by selling their own sheep. Yeah. And that was the law. So you are far off. You don't have access to the presence of God. Yeah. You only need a high priest to stand in the gap for you. But thanks be to God that in the book of Colossians, we see that because of the cross, because of Jesus' crucifixion on the cross, yes. Bible said that he nailed all those handwritings, he nailed all those laws, such that you and I can now have access to the presence of God. Amen. Bible says in the book of Matthew chapter 27, verse 51, Bible says that, and when he said it was finished, Bible says that the, the, the veil, you know, that was in the tabernacle was torn from top to bottom. And Bible said that the rocks broke and then there was shaking on the earth. And this was to signify a new era. Amen. This was to signify a new, a new time where you and I can now have access to the presence of God. Yeah. We don't need any mediators anymore. We can speak to God face to face. So in the book of Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14 to 16, we see something very wonderful. 
He said that seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our, our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help us in time of need. So you and I can approach the throne of grace. In times of anxiety, in times of challenges, in times of difficulties, when we want to tell God something, we can speak to God by ourselves. You know, I remember the story of Anna and, and how, you know, the high priest came to her and Anna was in, Anna was in anguish and, and prayer and the high priest was, was trying to condemn her. You know, just, just imagine the high priest who is supposed to be a mediator, you know, condemning her that she is drunk and all that and started rebuking her, not knowing what she was going through. So sometimes, you know, between you and God, God knows what you are going through. The mediator who is human, who is the high priest, cannot fathom and understand what you are going through. That is why we thank God for the cross. The cross has given you and I access to God. What we cannot tell man, we can tell God. And, and when we come to the presence of God and we speak to God, he listens to us. And this is what the cross has done for us. So we are victorious. So Jesus Christ dying on the cross has paved way for us to have direct access to God. And thanks be to God that not just Jesus Christ is not just a high priest, but he has also made us priests. Because in the book of 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, he said that we are a chosen generation and a royal priesthood. It means that we can offer sacrifices to God. It means that we can pray to God. It means that in times of challenges, in times of anxiety, we will talk to God and he will listen to us. He said that we should be anxious about nothing, but in everything by prayer, you know, and supplications with thanksgiving. We should make our requests known unto God. Yeah. And the peace of God that surpasses all understanding yeah. shall guard our hearts and our minds. Yeah. Thanks be to Jesus for the cross. Amen. That I can tell Jesus my predicaments and my challenges. Yeah. He says that cast your care upon me. Cast your burdens upon me for I care for you. Hallelujah. Yeah. He cares for us. He cares for us. He said that call to me. I will answer you. And show you great things. Even great things that you have not seen. And that is the essence of the cross. So, so, tonight, don't let anybody lie to you that your prayers are not effective. They are very effective. You can commune with God, you can speak to God, and God will listen. You can speak to God, and God will listen. He said that those who come to him should know that he exists, and he's a rewarder of them yes. that diligently seek God. Amen. So, if we diligently seek him, without a high priest, we are priests on our own, because of the cross. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and that, is, that is the joy we have in our Lord. Yeah. We can speak to God. We can talk to God. Yes. We don't need any high priest. You know, God is indeed good. Yes. And, and then the last part, he said that he has these armed principalities and powers. And he has made public spectacle, you know, on them. And he has triumphed over them. So we, we have authority. We are now seated with Christ in high places because of the cross. Yes. You and I wield authority. Yes. He said that all authority on earth on, and, and, and in heavens have been given unto me. And he said, I have given you authority to trample over snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the powers of the enemy and nothing in any means shall hurt you. Yes. That is the power of the cross. That is the redemptive power God has given to us Amen. because of the cross. So, so, so we are no longer people who should be pitied. We are no longer people who are subject to the law because Christ has fulfilled the law. Amen. We can speak to God. We can pray to God. We can command things. We can live in that dominion mandate that God originally, you know, foreordained before the creation of this world for us. And that is the power of the cross. 
So to them who believe that the cross is foolishness, tonight I want them to know that it is actually victory for us. Because we have access to the throne of God. So tonight I believe that as we celebrate this week and as we remember the death of Jesus on the cross, I believe that you can tell God about your sickness. You can tell God about that predicament. You can speak to Jesus about what you are going through. And I believe that that blood that flows from Calvary can make you whole. That blood that flows from Calvary can give you a testimony. We thank God for the cross. So there is victory in the cross. It is not foolishness to us. It is the power of God. So this week I want you to basic and enjoy, you know, the cross. And let's tap into every blessings it comes with. And, And thank you to God that it's not just limited to today or this week. It is there with us forever because Christ has fulfilled the law. Tonight, this is the word God wants me to give to you. That because of the cross, God has, you know, nailed all the codes, that handwritings of the law that was against us. We have access to God. The code of priesthood has been broken. We are priests on our own. We can speak to God. He can hear us and he can redeem us. And now we don't, even if we sin, he forgives us. Hallelujah. Because Christ has fulfilled it all. Tonight, may the Lord bless us for his word. And it is my prayer that this week will bring us so many testimonies, even as we reflect on the death on the cross. May the Lord bless us for his word tonight. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 Bless you. Shall we bow down heads for a word of prayer? We give you glory and thank you for tonight for your word. We give you glory for the cross, O God. We reflect and we, 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 we know where we were, O oh God, and what you have made us, even because of the cross. We give you glory and we give you all the praise. It is our prayer that tonight may the benefits of the cross be our portion, even in the name of Jesus. We are praying. Your word has made us to understand that you, you made a public spectacle of the enemy. You made a public spectacle of principalities and powers. And you have assigned us authority and power to overcome challenges and difficulties. Yeah. It is our prayer that the blood that flows from Calvary will bring us victory tonight. And that in it all, we will not forget to give you the glory and the praise that you deserve. I pray that if anybody is going through any challenge, if anybody is going through any difficulty, if anybody is facing any predicament, because of the cross, because of the blood, it is our prayer that may you bring redemption. We give you glory and we give you praise for this great testimony you have given to us. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Bless you. If anyone needs prayer, Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605-692-4616. You can email us at holylifeatbrookings.net or visit our website at holylifetabernacle.com. If you're in the Brookings area, please stop by to visit a service. We are located at 241 Mustang Pass, just off Main Avenue South. Our service times are Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6.30 p.m., Also, Wednesday nights at 7. God bless you.